Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Balls and Brews. I'm Troy. I'm Jay. And we are here for your listening pleasure. Let's get it started. Ooh. Ah, I love it. First pop is always the greatest. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Alrighty, guys. So we got a lot on the docket today, uh, a lot to cover. Um, pretty much all football related. There's a lot in the MLB going on. We'll touch base on that a little bit next week. Um, Before we start, though, I do want to give a shout out to our fans, man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're we're starting to grow in listeners. Um, it's fantastic. We'd love to keep that number going up. So share us on Facebook, uh, retweet us on Twitter. Um, I mean, tell we, your friends. We friends, doubled, friends. We doubled our listen this year, this week. We did in one episode, which is strong. Yeah, last week's episode was good, though. You got to give it. <laughs> it was. That's a lot of activity going on there. Uh, I really enjoyed myself. Zach's story was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, I like the, the the going back and forth as far as like you know favorite teams and stuff like that and our picks and ultimately i think actually i think the boss came out with the best picks i think he went three and one he called the upset three and one. with the ravens yeah that was I, that was a strong pick yeah um i i ended two and two i think i followed suit because i really just copied you pretty much because keep my lead yeah oh yeah give me five and you know five and three ain't bad yeah. compared to your uh one and five three, <laughs> to three five. and five i'm sorry my bad excuse me you got a well, chance to make it up this week i do i do and uh, actually, I think we were talking about it a little bit. We're gonna go Oppo this week. Uh, yeah, but I think I, I think I switched my pick on you there. Uh, okay. Well, we'll get to that towards the end of the episode, mm-hmm. guys. But first thing I want to touch on, um, let's let's go back to that uh, divisional round last week. Kind of do some recap. Um, we'll we'll start with that Ravens and Titans game. I mean, I I don't think anybody in America outside of Nashville or wherever Tennessee fans might be hiding somewhere. Uh, you know they start popping up when people start winning. You know what I mean? Well, that's, to be fair, that's any fan base, but true. Uh, nobody gave them a chance. I mean, I know I sure as crap didn't. No. So I mean, they did what they do, stifling defense. Tannehill does just enough to get by, and then you hand that ball to that grown man. Well, yeah, but that's the thing. Everybody wants to dog on Tannehill. He's not doing anything. You know, he's the first quarterback to ever th- win two back-to-back playoff games without throwing 100 yards in either game. But it throws like the one that's on the TV that we're watching right now, the deep ball. Um, oh, when they had the interception straight out the gate. And then, yeah, went down and, and threw, what, like a 45, 50-yard bomb. I mean, th- when he had to make the throws, he made them. You know who's famous for that? The, the ex-Steeler coach, uh, Bill Cower. Mm-hmm. They said any time he would get a turnover or something like that, he'd go straight for the juggler. Oh, oh yeah. Go for that splash play and really make them feel that turnover because mm-hmm. – you know, the Titans' MO is pound the rock, stop them on D. Um, and, and that's why I think they got a really good shot at Kansas City this week. I think people are kind of um, sleeping on them. Yeah, I do, um, because it's worked against the two of the three best quarterbacks in the AFC right now in back-to-back weeks. So Yeah, but I think Lamar Jackson still had a fantastic game. I mean, didn't he still throw for like 300 yards and still run for 100? Yeah, a lot of it was from behind, though. I mean, I get you, but like, and still, what did it translate to the scoreboard? You know, twelve points. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I, I really want to give props to Tennessee. I really want to give props to what Mike Brable's doing. Um, hope you go, and I'm pulling for you guys now. To be honest with you, I'm from Tennessee. I might as well. Uh, but if y'all win, Mike Vrabel, I hope you don't have to cut your dick off. Um, <laughs> he said he would, though. I know. I'm just saying. I hope he doesn't have to. I bet what's it called it Munich or Munich or whatever it's called. Castration. It's not castration. Back in the day, I don't know. We'll go back. Yeah, we'll figure those, it out. those words are too big for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So let's go to another exciting game. The Chiefs and the Texans was a fun game to watch. It was. <laughs> it really was. The Texans jumped out on that 
nothing lead mm-hmm. and Pat Mahomes, let's go be great. And I think it was six or seven straight scoring drives. That is insanity. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's like they they realized, um, hey guys, we're in the playoffs. What are we doing? Like, let's turn it up a notch. Um, props to Andy Reid. Um, Andy Reid controls most of the play calling on that offense. Andy Reid does the play calling. Yeah. So him and that stupid big board, he's always. Yeah. I wonder what he's writing on that board. You know, <laughs> like, oh, that didn't work. Let's go to the next one. You yeah. Know? I'm sure it's a huge playlist. I, I think at 24 nothing, Andy Reid said, "I'm going to put the ball in my guy, my best player's hand. I'm going to go let Pat Mahomes make something happen, which should be the game plan from the, the, from the kickoff. Oh yeah. But he finally said. I'm going to cut you loose, go out there and score me some points. You know, we got nothing to lose now. We're down 24 nothing. You can't take anything away from what the, the Chiefs' defense is doing. I mean, ever since, like, week 14, they finally found a, uh, a niche or yeah. something. Like, they've, they've been playing fantastic time with Dayu. I mean, he's incredible. Well, and the biggest underrated player for that, that divisional round game was a guy that a lot of people criticized him for trading for and paying. You, you didn't want to pay D Ford, but you go out and you get Frank Clark from the Seahawks and decide to give him a big contract, mm-hmm. and he went off. Frank Clark is a consistent. He's, nobody will ever consider him the best defensive player in the league, but he's going to get you the numbers, Yeah, and he's going to be there pretty much every play. And I, That's a player I like. Well, he, and in terms of his production, I mean, he had a, kind of a down season. He had, what, eight and a half sacks during yeah. regular season? Yeah, but if you give me five Frank Clarks and, you know, I'll take them over one Aaron Donald all day because yeah. you're going to get consistency. You gonna, He's going to keep coming. He's not going to stop. I yeah. like that. That's, that's what I like. I do too. But I, he really came up um, came up big for that defense. Um, without him, I don't think it's uh, the same result. I think Sean Watson goes out there and makes magic happen. But I will say that. Part of those Frank Clark sacks that he had in the divisional round was because Sean Watson to hold the damn ball for 30 seconds and run back there. It, it, as he should, he makes plays. He does. He's fantastic when it comes to extending out of play. I will give him that. But they finally found somebody who could chase him down. So my question to you is, real quick question. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to what your thought of this. Can you start telling those old, been the best player, best quarterbacks in the league all these years, to take a step aside, and it's time for the new era to come in. You're Deshaun Watsons, uh, your Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson, your Pat Mahomes. Like, is that is that your, you know, like? Are we seeing the the coming of the next Peyton Manning, the Tom Brady's? The- I don't think so. I think this is. You look at the the three. Well, really, just the two that are left, or you can go four. Honestly, you had a, a string of about the same time of Drew Brees, um, Peyton Manning, who's not in the league anymore. Um, Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, and Phillip Rivers all kind of came in. And then you had kind of a second wave with Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson. And I think this is kind of that third wave that's coming in. Okay. So, I, you know, you're going to – the the Bradys, the Breeze, the Bens, they're going to retire. And then you're going to talk about the, the old heads being the Russell Wilsons, the Aaron Rodgers. And then when they are gone, you're going to get that middle ground. Where Let me put it on the book now right now. Is Patrick Mahomes the best quarterback in football? From a raw talent perspective, absolutely. I mean, I agree. Yeah. I mean, he's incredible. Yeah. The way he's able to do with the ball. I mean, don't get me wrong. He has weapons everywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got Sammy Watkins. And everybody thought, you know, they, they brushed him off. He had a fantastic game. They got the cheetah. He's probably yeah. going – Sammy Watkins is probably going to get cut for cap reasons, though. I get you. I mean, I'd bring him back, but it is what it is. I mean, he's going to go out there and he's going to find another job. I mean, he does what, okay, what he does, and he does it real well, is he runs straight really fast. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> somebody's going to want that deep ball. 
Absolutely. You know? I mean, if, if that's all you got is one route on your route tree, then you excel at it. Keep doing it. But I agree. That was a fantastic game. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't really have much to talk about with the Niners and the Vikings. Kirk Cousins went in there, dropped a nugget like he has last ever. And, and Jimmy Garoppolo didn't look great, but he didn't need to. I mean, yeah. the defense was just – in that running game, they got they got three first they got three starting running backs in the backfield. Yeah, that is absolutely. insane. And Telvin Coleman really led the Chargers past week. Which keep in mind, Telvin Coleman made his career with Kyle Shanahan in Atlanta. So yeah. I knew once 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 Coleman became available, Shanahan was going to do whatever he could to get his hands on him. Mm-hmm. Now let's go to the Packers and Seahawks game because that one didn't turn out how we thought it was going to turn out. That did not at all. Um, I'll be honest with you, a lot of the the magic I've seen was just Aaron Rodgers just dropping straight down. Oh, especially on that third down with like, what, two minutes left? And he just threw a, a dang 30-yard dime over the shoulder yeah. to get a first down and kill the game. I mean, that was that was a pretty throw. But I also want to talk about kind of that phantom first down call. Could you overturn it? No, but – You should have. That's the biggest crack of crap I've ever seen. I agree. I don't think it was a first down. No, no. There was no way. I mean – this, the spot that they gave him, you've seen where he got tackled, the ball hit, elbow hit, knee hit, everything hit, mm-hmm. and then he scooted for another yard, and they were like, oh, that's where we'll put the ball. That's a terrible call. Yeah, and absolutely. there's nothing you can do to review it. I get it. But, like, at the end of the day, there's so much on the line. Yeah. Like, there's got to be something that can be done by that. I just don't understand. You got 50-something, 60-something cameras in there. Why was there not a camera that was able to catch that angle? I just I don't understand. To me, I've seen it, but I don't think – that, I mean, I think the referee is blind. I mean, there's been terrible calls all season. Uh, NFL officiating sucks. It is awful. It is absolutely <laughs> terrible. I mean, there's no way. There's no better way to put it. It's it, straight hot garbage. It is, is what we're trying to say. Flaming dumpster of fire floating down the of, flooded street of crap. Yeah, agreed. Uh, no, you've seen the gif. Where yeah. just like, <laughs> yeah. But I still think it was a really good game. I really enjoyed watching it. I mean, Russell Wilson doing what Russell Wilson does. Aaron, mm. drop, Aaron Rodgers dropping dimes. People keep sleeping on that that Packers defense, and those it's two Dean Smith brothers are are legit. It's real. I'm really super excited for next week's game. We'll get at that at the end, and uh, I'm excited to see what happens there. All right, guys. So that's um, pretty much all we got on the on the divisional round. Um, next thing I want to talk about though um, is how we're still sponsored by my living room. <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, I want to talk about the national championship. I like it. Let's do it. Uh, you got cool Joe Burrow against Sunshine. Dude, I am a big Joe Burrow fan. When Joe Burrow was sitting on a seat smoking a cigar <laughs> and his hat said Big Dick Joe, <laughs> and they asked him, they said, well, would you ever wear it? He said, no, I knew I was going to do it. It's Listen, I, I, I'm a Steelers fan. I'm, uh, you know, I'm a ride with Ben Roethlisberger all day long. I would give up the entire franchise for that first-round draft pick. Please give me Joe Burrow, God. Please. That's not going to happen, brother. Oh, I know it's You not, already lost your first-round draft pick. You'd have to bundle up pretty much your entire defense before somebody would give you that pick. And it ain't going to the damn Bengals. I, ain't gonna, I don't want to play T.J. Watt every year. Why not? <laughs> damn good reason why yeah, not. I understood. understood. But, but let's talk about how Clemson came out, played the field position, punched them in the mouth. Mm-hmm. I – I thought it was going to be like last year, but it ultimately did not. The field position battle between those two was really cool to see. The only thing that really irked me was Joe Brady calling those plays in the back of the end zone, and not one time did you see like a run play. They kept shifting people out. Oh, he was trying to get some space off that off that goal line. Yeah, uh, he wanted to hit a 15, 20 yard dunk, and 
and really put some distance between him and that goal line. I get it, but they got stopped twice, two or three times inside the red Two times zone. in a row, and then they finally broke out. Yeah. And still had to punt on that third drive, but at least they punted deeper into Clemson territory. It did, but it, it ultimately ended up to Clemson coming out with 10 points. So, I mean, I like it. I think it was a good idea. I mean, obviously, there's nothing I can say about it. I'm not a coach, and ultimately, the win is a win. Yeah. But uh, it's kind of the opposite of what happened to Clemson in against Ohio State in the first round of the playoffs. I mean, you know, Clemson came out and got punched in the mouth and showed some resiliency and went down and won the game. And they went out and said, all right, we're going to be the big hitters. And LSU, you know, they hung in there. They were they were pinned up. I get it. But they hung in there. And then – Cool joke. Mm, Filthy. I love it, man. I absolutely love it. I do too. I mean, when they came out at halftime, they put up another touchdown, I believe, and then Clemson came back and answered right back with that in a two-point conversion to bring Mm -hmm. it into three. I thought – I was like, all right, we got a game. Yeah. We got a game. And then Joe Burrow just took over, man. And that defense for LSU, they may have not have showed up in the first half, but they definitely – pinned their ears back and got it after it in the second half. And it was was very enjoyable to watch. That's DBU. It is DBU. That is DBU, man. That's secondary. Um, Is this – is this a one-trick pony, though? Yeah, I don't think they go back next year. I think you got a reloaded Alabama team that's going to come back. I think they're going to be filthy. I think Ole Miss is going to make moves next year uh, just because they guys got a really good coach. Oh, Lane, I miss you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, Lane Kiffin, he, the Duke can recruit. you got to give him one <laughs> to two is. years. Well, and let's keep in mind, he knows, he knows who to pick and put on his staff, too, because the guy that just won a national championship – was on his staff a bunch. Yeah. I really enjoy it. I think that it's going to be – I think they're a one-trick pony. Though. I don't think you want to see the total domination like you did this year. Uh, They'll still be competitive. you got too much talent on that roster. Yeah, but you're losing both your wide receivers. You're losing your starting running back. I think the, def, uh, the defense back, which is projected to go to the Cowboys, which I hope he does, yeah. <laughs> is going to go into the draft. I mean, I think they had – was it? I think we seen a stat the other day: seven or eight undergrads that are going to go ahead and leave, yeah. because they're chasing well, it. Well, I mean, you won a national championship. Go out on top. What else? What unfinished business do you have? You know. All right. Back to and then I got something else I want to talk to you about. Is that the greatest two two part question? Mm-hmm. Is that the greatest team to ever field the uh, ever field? Mm-hmm. And is Joe Burrow the best quarterback to ever fit, uh, hit the field? Okay. So first part of the question, I'm going to say no. Simply being, in terms of, of collegiate success, maybe. I can see that because that was my argument the other day because people mm-hmm. said that too. And I and, know where you're going with this. In terms of talent on the field, it's that 0-1 Miami team, that Miami Hurricanes team. Jesus Christ, that was a team, the buddy. I mean, with seven Hall of Famers? I don't think it was that many, but I, I seen a stat the other day. They had 17 first-rounders in like two to three years. Yeah. I mean, it, that team was ridiculous, and the amount of talent that they had on the field. Four or five Hall of Famers. I think it was like 30-some all uh, 30-some Pro Bowls. Mm-hmm. But we can't judge that due to the fact we haven't seen what LSU's players are going to do in the league. I get it. I don't but, think it, nobody will ever touch no. that. But that Miami team also never won a national championship. That's a big stain. Yes, it did. And They beat before. the living piss out of Nebraska. They were up 37 nothing at halftime. Basically. That was 99-2000. No, it was 2001. They won a national championship, won undefeated. Already done my research, Captain. Okay. Come on, Troy. You need to step your game up, man. Okay. Our I listeners expect more out of you. Because, uh, you know, well, maybe it was 0 2 What was the Ohio State one? That was, uh, the, that was when they went again, and then Ohio State ended up getting them on that phantom inter- uh, yeah. pass interference call. So they won a national championship, and they I think they pitched out five or six shutouts that year. Yeah. Obviously, 
back in that day, though, the college football world was a lot more spread out and not just straightly dominated by the SEC. Yeah, you had the Nebraskas, the Wisconsin's of the world, the Florida States, the Floridas, the Tennessee's. Tennessee's. I mean, you had a, you, and that's where I, you know, I think that was a golden era of football. To be honest with you, it was good. It was. But as a as a, as an SEC guy, I got to say, nine and two this year. <laughs> And our bowl records, yeah, that's yeah. not bad. All those SEC haters can suck it. <laughs> but so, so no, you're gonna go with the other one Miami team, which I fully, number one, I fully back up, and then I put the night, I put them right there below, right yeah. there below. And and it may not be from a talent standpoint; it's simply the success that they had on the field. I mean, when you go up against was it seven top ten teams mm-hmm. and beat them, and four of those finish or no, three of the teams that they beat finish in the top four. Yeah. No. Top five. I'm sorry. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. Carl. I mean, this what they did this year was insane. Yeah. Now, but we're going to go ahead and agree on that. And then I think my third runner up would be that was it 0506 USC teams. Oh three oh four oh four oh five. Um, they went thirty six and 0 mm-hmm. and won two national championships. The only reason they lost that one is due to the fact that yeah, the Reggie uh, Bush thing. Yeah, not the Reggie Bush thing. The, the, the they ran into the, oh Vince Young and Vince yeah. Young, yeah. <laughs> Young yeah. that Longhorns team. So, and that's, that's where I put them. But then my second part of the question, what do you think? Single-handedly the greatest, greatest. I mean, the stats that he put up, in terms of stats, yes, in terms of what I want to answer and the impact that he had on the game. No. Really? And you're going to give me a lot of shit for this because it's going to sound very biased, but it's not. Okay. Um, I think Peyton Manning, all four years, was the greatest college quarterback to ever step foot on the, on the field. It's tough, man. Joe Burrow's season he had was absolutely incredible. It was, it, but it was one season. One season. Last year he was above average, but he wasn't elite. Okay, we're going to backtrack here. Didn't you tell me the reason that Miami wasn't elite at that time was due to the fact they won a national championship, which they did. He was wrong. So would you put Peyton at that point, even though he didn't win a national championship, in the following season they went out and win one? And keep in mind, too. By the way, Peyton should have won a Heisman. Charles Woodson, I hate you. Um, you leave Charles Woodson alone. That man is incredible. He is incredible. Peyton, his Heisman. His Peyton should have won the Heisman. Was incre- you're getting backtracked, bro. Okay. Tell me what you think, man. All right. So, I, I get what you're saying. He didn't win a national championship, but he had four years of sustained greatness when he was at Tennessee. Yeah. But, I mean, Joe Burrow's Every wins. single year. And then what he did, and, and it might depend on what Burrow does in the NFL, but – Peyton is arguably first, second, or third greatest quarterback to ever play the game. I agree. I would, I would put him in second. Yeah. The only reason I got him in second is because Tom Brady's done what Tom Brady's done. Mm-hmm. He's got one more reign than Drew Brees does, even though Drew Brees owns his own re- all of his records pretty much. Well, yeah, but Peyton set him first. Yeah, that's true. So, I, so, but you're not saying you're saying no on that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with. So Peyton. let me hit you with some stats here. I think Joe Burrow had the single greatest. Greatest season, even though it was extended, because I'm a Colt Brennan fan. Loved mm-hmm. watching Colt Brennan in Hawaii. And he did what he did in two less games than what Joe Burrow did. Joe Burrow, I mean, we've seen the the, the game, the, the PlayStation, Xbox, whatever oh, yeah, the, game that he had against <laughs> Oklahoma was absolutely incredible. Yeah. I'll, I'll take that away. But I think he did have the single-handedly the greatest season ever by a quarterback. I mean, 65 responsible for touchdowns. I think he had 60 uh, – Passing touchdowns with ten interceptions, which is a ten to one ratio. Well, I know it's, I know, I think it was six. I, know, I think it was a ten to one ratio. It was still incredible. I mean, yeah. he had a fantastic season. They literally won every award that you could possibly win. 
you know, the Jim Thorpe Award, the Maxwell Award, the Heisman Trophy, the Coach of the Year Award. I mean, they won it all. Yeah. And then they ultimately went to a Heisman season. So I, I, I would say – I would go with a yes. I think he is – and I'm hoping to see what he does in the NFL. But, you know, only time can tell. Yeah. You're right. Uh, I want to get into something here. Um, this is going to be a little out of Jay's realm. Okay. When, when, I, when I go here. Um, breaking news, sort of semi-breaking news today – um, Carlos Beltran, manager, just got hired as the manager for the Mets um, a couple months back. He is now out as the Mets manager as part of the Astros cheating scandal back in the 2017 World Series and, well, the whole season. Um, he was a, a player on that team, but he was still involved and responsible. But some new news came out after that, and it looks like Houston's dark days are going to continue because Carlos Beltran's niece, or claimed to be niece, goes to Twitter and says – I'm sorry, but we're going to air it all out. Apparently, Jose Altuve and Alex Bregman were both wearing devices on their right shoulder underneath their uniform that would vibrate and tip them off to certain pitches to make it even worse. Now, the MLB has already said that they didn't find any kind of findings in their investigation about this, but if this is coming from a a strong source. A reliable source. Yeah. If it is in true, turns out to be his niece, that's – I think individual punishment has to come down on two of the best players in baseball, really. I mean, Alex Bregman. The Lifetime was- ban. Let my man Pete Rose back in the, in the – in, let put him in the Hall of Fame, man. Well, if that, that's the thing. You know, Pete Rose gambled on himself. He didn't – was it against the integrity of the rules? Yeah. But he, he broke a rule that – didn't change the outcome of games. Yeah, and if you feel confident enough to bet on yourself, why would you not? Exactly. It wasn't like he was betting against himself and throwing games. So it didn't it didn't affect the outcome of the games that he played. So let's get to a little, little breakdown about this because we've been talking about this for the last couple of days. Yeah, and I want you to explain to our viewers kind of what was going on. Like when you talk about sign stealing, mm-hmm. um, break that down for him real quick, and then we'll go from there. So the Astros in 2017 during their World Series run had an elaborate um, system in place where they were using technology to illegally steal signs. System of cameras out in the outfield would relay to the dugout what sign the catcher was putting down. One is a fastball, two is an off-speed pit, you know, a, typically a curveball, wiggle fingers to change up, so on and so forth. So basic, like, signs that you learn in Little League ball once you start pitching. Um, and they would relay it to their to their batters. If, if it was a fastball, there was nothing done. So the, the hitter knows, hey, a fastball's coming up. If it was a curveball, there was one bang on the, on the roof of the dugout. If it was a changeup, there were two bangs on the roof of the dugout right before the pitch. So MLB investigated. They found them guilty. A.J. Hinch and the general manager got suspended for one year. The Astros let both of them go. Alex Cora was a staff member on that coaching staff. He was the manager of the Red Sox last year. The Red Sox let him go. And now the fourth victim has been Carlos Beltran. But for the MLB to only take away a couple draft picks, find them $5 million, and suspend A.J. Hinch and their GM for one year is kind of blasphemous because John Coppolello, the GM of the Braves, is banned for life for basically signing 16-year-olds in the Caribbean, which I think cheating to win a World Series carries a lot more weight than signing some 16-year-olds. I agree. I mean, I, I think they should be banned as well. I don't I don't see why how you cannot ban them for life for doing what they did. I mean, they literally cost – 
the uh, the opposing team a World Series. Yeah, the Dodgers. I mean, the Dodgers are starving for a World Series, and yeah. that they had a really good chance. And they've been in there. They've been in the mix for the last what ten years. I mean, they've been incredible. Yeah, I mean, especially the last three or four years, they dominated could, the NL. They could and that could have really just cost them their opportunity to win them. I mean, could have. And, and I, I really do think that AJ Hinch needs to be banned for life, but. Um, you're ruining the integrity of the game if you do not ban these guys for life, especially with you know you're talking about the, the brave GM, mm-hmm. talking about Pete Rose that literally bet on himself. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I'm sure there's been more people that have done worse things and still. I mean, I think about Shoeless Joe Jackson. I mean, way back in the 1900s, uh, that that whole entire Cubs team that threw the World Series got banned. But you know, it was really seven out of the nine starters that were trying to throw it. If you look at Shoeless Joe's numbers during that World Series, they're insane. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was out there balling. He was trying. But that's uh, way back. You got to really know baseball for that conversation. But anyways, um, that's enough baseball for you know. We're, we'll get into it a little more next week um, before you know before the Super Bowl. We'll you did say that we about. weren't going to get into it this week. I and did. You know, you kind of threw the curveball at me. You know, I did. But I, I just really wanted to talk about it because it's relevant. Breaking news happened today with this new allegation about the the, the electronic devices on the shoulder that vibrate. I just feel like we needed to talk about it. You know, it, it really broke my heart, though, to find out that, you know, on a side note, to find out Luke Kuechly was retiring. Mm. Probably looking not the one, maybe the two yep. best linebackers in the league. I mean, he has nothing less to prove unless he was chasing the Super Bowl. I mean, defensive MVP, seven or eight-time Pro Bowler, multi-time All-Pro, mm-hmm. uh, leads Carolina tackles, all that other stuff. I mean, he was absolutely incredible. I mean, you know, when he come out there – and I, I remember listening to his uh, his retirement speech. I, I almost started tearing up for the man himself. I did too. Um, you can tell he does not want to retire. He thinks it is what is best for him, um, but he doesn't want to do it. Anybody that's seen him or played with him always said that he was a as a great competitor, great uh, teammate, great teammate. I always loved when he got an interception or a tackle, and they be like, mm-hmm. I've, I've seen him play multiple times at Carolina Stadium. Um, each time was absolutely enjoyable, and I'm so glad I got to watch him play live. Yeah, that's that's going to be um, – it's it's another one of those great players that you, that you feel like has gone too soon, one of the Barry Sanders or the, the Calvin Johnsons or, you know. I, Patrick Willis. I would put um, Luke Keekley in that category. I, I think he was a generational talent. And, and uh, he will be in the Hall of Fame. If you not put this man in the first battle Hall of Fame, then that whole thing, you know. Not only does it suck for him, it sucks for the game. It do. I agree. It ultimately does. I, I'm pretty sad about it, but you know it is what it is at this point. Yeah. Well, all righty, guys. So um, I guess we'll go, we'll go ahead and get into the um, to the championship Sunday predictions and um, talk about it a little bit. So and boss told me to let y'all know that he's already threw in his prediction as well. So we're going to keep that rolling. Oh, we got some celebrity. We got some celebrity cele- picks. Just like so it. y'all don't know, boss was a college athlete and really knows his game. So yeah, he does. You know, he ain't as good as me <laughs> or my boy Troy, but he, he you know he tries. Yeah. All right, so let's go with your first pick with the Titans and Chiefs. And I, I kind of already know where you're going to go with this, but uh, this, yeah. I think this is one where we differ. So I am done um, having an egg on my face. I'm done picking against the Titans, man. I think they're going to go out. They're going to play Titan football for what it is. Kevin Byard's going to play center field and, and help kind of keep those throws that Pat Mahomes makes over 20 yards to a minimum. Um, they're going to pound the rock with Derrick Henry. They're going to have anywhere between 33 to – 38 minutes of time of possession and keep Pat Mahomes off the field and they're going to win the game. See, I disagree. I think you can't stop that Kansas City team. I think they'll do just enough on defense. I don't think Ryan Tannehill could compete with Patrick Mahomes. Um, I think to be the man, you got to beat the man. I think right now the Kansas City Chiefs is the the man. But I'm just – 
Andy Reid, man, I'm waiting for that playoff breakdown. I think it's going to happen this week against Tennessee. All right, well, we know where you're going. It's going to be where we differ mm. because I think Kansas City is the team that's going to win it all. What's boss say? Uh, Ball said Chiefs by ten. Chiefs by ten, hmm. and I like his pick. I think he's. I think he made a strong pick. Okay. Well, I do think it's going to be a low scoring game, but I've got Tennessee by three. I'm gonna go the Chiefs by fourteen. Oh, yeah. Whoa. All right. All right. Let's go with that Packers 49 game. This is the one I'm really excited to talk about right here. Okay. So, um, I know the game's in San Francisco. You're talking about two have been elite defenses that mm-hmm. are kind of surprisingly elite. Um. I'm going to take the better quarterback in this one. I'm going to give me the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. I agree. I, I, I agree. I think 100%. I think both defenses are super elite, but at, ultimately at the end of the day, which one would you want leading your football field down the – leading your team down the ball uh, – down the field? Uh, I'm going to take Aaron Rodgers as well. I think it's going to be a hard-fought game. I'm going to take the Niners by three. No. Nope. I'm going to take the Packers there by three. Go. Uh, boss rolls with that. He says he's going to take them by three as well. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take them by five. Take them by five. Mm-hmm. Nice. I like it. It's a good pick. I think. I think you're looking at a a 21 to 16 game. And uh, I'll be honest with you, I made a mistake. Boss said he wants the 49ers. Oh, he does. Yes. By he's three. going against us. He's going against us. Let's hope he's wrong. Uh, yeah. You know, he had a strong week last week. <laughs> you know, screw him. Yeah. yeah. All right. Fair <laughs> or, enough. Better yet, podcast. Fuck him. Fuck him. <laughs> So, um, but yeah, man, thank y'all so much for, uh, for listening. I hope y'all really did enjoy last week's podcast. There was a lot going on there. We do know. I hope y'all enjoyed story time. We're going to try to roll out a few more of those. Um, only if my man Troy had some better stories. Oh, I've got plenty. I just don't know if our listeners really want to hear them. We'll put it that way. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. They might. You never know. <laughs> this is true. Uh, I got some stupid stories I, I'm, a, I'm able to share with you guys. Um, I mean, close this out, Troy. What you think, man? So uh, next couple weeks, guys, we're going to try and uh, get some actual um, solid equipment, really set this thing up right. Um, wanting to take it over to iTunes soon, but we, we definitely need a little more listener support for that. Um, so definitely share us on Facebook. Retweet us on Twitter. Tell all your friends, your friends, friends, your neighbors, your family. I don't care. If they like sports. Um, they're, they're bound to enjoy um, as long as you enjoy. You know, Support what you like. Um, this has been episode, uh, season one, episode three of Balls and Bruce. Still don't have a motherfucking sponsor, though. So <laughs> I'm going to try to get one of those. All righty, guys. We are out. Two claps to Rick Flair. <laughs> Woo! Y'all have a fantastic evening. Or 